Last week, I, I spoke about, about capturing an attitude. Well, this is capturing the attitude, the sequel, <laughs> part two. And whenever we think about capturing an attitude, I was thinking of it in a concept of how that often we think that attitudes are something that we just pick up from situations. But attitudes are something that we have that reflect on how we deal with situations and how that we deal with life. So what, if hopefully we've been able to think about that this past week, about our attitudes and how, what kind of an attitude we have captured. And often what we capture becomes us. So we want to look at our life and as we think of being captured, we are capturing the attitude of being, um, of praise, praise to God. We are capturing the attitude of thankfulness, of gratitude, of that we are to live our life in light of eternity, that God is shining his light on us. We spoke about that in Sunday school, of how that eternity future is shining back on our life. And from that perspective, we make decisions today based upon what's going to happen in eternity. We don't make our decisions based on yesterday. Yesterday in our past is frozen in time. And it doesn't change. It's like watching an old movie. <laughs> the ending never changes. So we've got to deal with the past and not allow the past shadow to be cast over the present so that we are making decisions in the dark about not knowing what to do and where to go. So as we find forgiveness in Christ, we find the letting go of the past, learning from it, being able to, yeah, I can remember it, but it's not going to determine where I'm going with my life because the light of eternity, the light of Christ, is shining on my life. His word is a light unto my path. So it lights our lives. So capturing an attitude then, capturing the attitude that Christ is with me, capturing the attitude that he has forgiven me of my sins, communion, that we are with Christ and Christ is with us, that we are with him for an eternity, and we're beginning that eternity now. So allowing the power of Christ to live in our hearts and lives in a way that we're making decisions based upon where we're going, making decisions based upon what Christ wants in our life. So capture every thought that leads to obedience. It's almost impossible to imagine how many thoughts we have in a day. <laughs> I mean, how many thoughts run through your head? And, you know, some people, their thoughts are much faster than others. <laughs> and I, I'm always amazed at um, people who are extremely intelligent. Sometimes they call it attention deficit disorder, you know. But the idea is that their mind never stops. That they are so, their mind is so fast in thinking that it was just like they're 10 miles ahead of where their mouth is, you know. Uh, whenever we were at the, working at the hospital... And the scientists that were working at the uh, research center, there were a number of scientists that had, that whenever they took their ACTs, you know, their, their college boards and stuff like that, there was a number of them that had perfect scores. <laughs> you know, and I mean, you know, I had a perfect score. You added up both of mine and still came, you know, came up to a perfect score. But anyhow, you know, the idea was that they were extremely intelligent and they were very intelligent in, in being able to map the genogram or the genomes of, of, the, of the system of the, of the body, being able to put all that together. So there is capturing an attitude, is capturing what we are thinking, 
capturing what we want to think about and how that we're going to do it and how that we're going to proceed with our decisions. So the attitude of Christ has to captivate our lives. We have to be captivated with what Christ and what God is trying to tell us. So in Romans chapter 6, I'm going to begin at verse 1, and I'll read through verse 14. And this is a very important part of our captivating, captivating thoughts. We'll read it. So what do we do? And this is Paul writing to the church at Rome. And the church at Rome is, has a problem. The church at Rome is trying to figure out how that they are to live the Christian life. And they've heard about Christ's forgiveness. They've heard about how that God wants to be involved in their life and Christ has come to save them from their sins and how that God's grace and mercy is extended towards them. But they had this idea that, well, if God really gets pleasure out of forgiving us, why don't we just keep on sinning, make God happy? That's what verse 1 is. So what do we do? Keep on sinning so God can keep on forgiving? Paul says, I should hope not. If we've left the country, and this is the analogy of being forgiven, if we've left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? Or didn't you realize we packed up and left there for good? That is what happened in baptism. When we went under the water, we left the old country of sin behind. When we came up out of the water, we entered into the new country of grace, a new life in a new land. That's what baptism unto the life of Jesus means. When we are lowered into the water, it is like the burial of Jesus. When we are raised up out of the water, it is like the resurrection of Jesus. Each of us is raised into the light-filled world of our Father so that we can see where we're going in our new grace-sovereign country. Could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin-miserable life, no longer at sin every beck and call. What we believe is this. If we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, we also get included in his life-saving resurrection. Capturing the thought, as we look at this, what are, you know, capturing the thought of a resurrected life. Capturing the thought that of the newness that we have in Christ. We go on. We know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it was a signal of the end of the death as the end. Never again will death have the last word. When Jesus died, he took sin down with him, but alive he brings God down to us. From now on, think of it this way. Sin speaks a death language that means nothing to you. God speaks your mother tongue, and you hang on every word. You are dead to sin and alive to God. That's what Jesus did. That means you must not give sin a vote in the way that you conduct your lives. Don't give it the time of day. Don't even run little errands that are connected with that old way of life. Throw yourself wholeheartedly in full time. Remember, you've been raised from the dead into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live. After all, you're not living under that old tyranny any longer. You're living in the freedom of God. <laughs> Capturing our thoughts. Uh, sometimes as we look at this, 
and look at our life, we become confused. Do you ever get confused about life? <laughs> confused about where we're going, what we're doing, and how we're going to get there? Well, if you haven't talked to me, I'll confuse you, okay? <laughs> so you know where you're going. So you can feel like, you know. But there's these, these concepts and these constant changes in our life that bring to us what am I going to do, and bring to us confusing of, as like, should I do this? Should I go there? Should I go left? Should I go right? Um, you know, you, you get out the Garmin and tell, you know, I, I, I love the Garmin, you know? It's just another woman telling me where to go. You know, it's <laughs> Gabby Garmin. That's what Rachel calls it. Calls her Gabby Garmin. No, is it Gabby Garmin? Yeah, there we go. No, that's an angry one. We can get all those faces of, uh, of attitudes. But capturing an attitude is more than uh, just capturing an attitude is actions that follow a a perspective. Actions that follow a perspective. So my attitude is an action that will follow how I see things. And what we are wanting to see is God's perspective. See, that's the challenge of being a Christian. We want to follow God's perspective. Anybody, you know, I, I remember when people, they're be between making these decisions and they're saying, telling me, well, this person thinks that and this person thinks that and this person thinks that. I says, wait a minute. I've got the solution for you. You put an ad in the paper and have people vote. And whatever comes up as the majority, that's what you'll do. Oh, I would never do that. Well, then stop listening to everybody's telling you what to do. <laughs> because it doesn't matter what everybody says. It matters what you know God wants you to do. That's a perception of what God wants and then an, a following through with choices. Capturing an attitude. God's will is going to be my will no matter what happens in my life. So we are focused on that. And that's the attitude we want to capture. Now, I, I know I've used the story about uh, how do you catch monkeys. Huh? Remember that one? How do you catch monkeys? Remember? Well, you have a barrel. This is what they do. I told this story, and uh, Dr. Um, Purigay said that's how we used to do it as kids in the Philippines. And you would get a barrel, and you would cut a hole in the barrel about the size of a monkey's paw, hand, whatever, and you would put something in there that they want, bananas or fruit or whatever. They would reach through there and grab hold of it, but once they made a fist, they couldn't get out. They were caught. <laughs> they didn't know enough to let go. And in our life, we have things that we reach in and grab hold of, and we're trapped. We're trapped by our own wants, and God is saying, God is telling us and helping us that we are to let go of our wants and seek what God wants in our life. And what God wants in our life is about forgiveness, about love, about direction, about peace, about joy. That God has so many plans for us that we can't even imagine what he has in store for us. But you know what? We're caught. <laughs> We're caught in what we perceive God to want, and we end up being captured by our wants and not fulfilling what God's direction is. Allowing ourselves to let go of certain things in our life that are destroying us, 
certain things in our life that cause us pain and separation. That's what sin is. Sin is separation from God, and actually sin is separating ourselves from who we were created to be. God wants to set us free from those things so that the decisions we are making are decisions that God wants to fulfill inside of us and fulfill with what we do because we are stewards. Stewards of the kingdom, stewards of our life. I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. God has saved me. He died for my sins. He purchased me back from the, the failures of life. I, I, I remember uh, it was Big Mike. Big Mike was a guy in, in Bible school. He was a local person, and he would always come to chapels and services. And Big Mike was a hitman for the mafia. And he used, and, and, you, and whenever he, he, you know, he wasn't too bright, but you certainly didn't want him to be mad at you. <laughs> but he would kind of just sit there sometimes, and he would just be like this impact of the Spirit of God would hit him. He'd jump to his feet, and he would say, I've been bought with a price. He knew what it was to be bought with a price because he had, he had literally taken lives of people that people had paid him the price for, and he had taken their life. He himself now, as a Christian, realized the value of what had been paid for him in his life, and he had been bought with a price, the blood of Jesus Christ. And it is that type of capturing an attitude that gives us a perspective that we follow in our decisions. So the Romans, they thought, well, why not give God more to forgive? We'll just keep on sinning. We'll just keep on doing the wrong things, and God will be happy, and we can do whatever we want. Well, Paul is saying, no way, don't do that. Uh, it's not going to work. Such an attitude is taking advantage of God, taking advantage of the grace and the mercy that God has given to us. Jesus came to die on the cross. His purchasing power for our life was his death. He was willing to give of who he is so that we could become like him, letting go of our sins and our failures. Seeing God's provision for us and then allowing that provision to be used to uh, become what God wants us in our lives. So God, you know, Paul says that with these people who are saying, should we sin? Paul says, no, may, no by no means, or uh, I should hope not, or no way. Paul said, no way is this going to continue. The Message Bible says, if we left the country, you know, we didn't just change residency. We've left the country. If we have left the country where sin is sovereign, how can we still live in our old house there? You know, when we are forgiven, we have moved... <laughs> We've moved locations. We've moved from one country to another. And so if we've moved to another country, we can't live in the same house we used to live in. So don't you realize we packed up and left there for good? I am free from sin. Capture the attitude. <laughs> the, um, the sign of this moving out of the old house that we looked at in the scripture was baptism. It talked about baptism. Two weeks ago, we had water baptism. 
And, uh, you know, he talks about how that being lowered into baptism is being death. And Paul talks about this with the Romans. And um, one of our younger group that went downstairs, they were talking about while I was there at the pastor's drownings. <laughs> and they said, what? Yeah, you know, where pastor put the people under the water and held them down there. And, you know, I was, I was there at the drownings. Now it's baptism, you know. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's like, you know, pastor's drownings, you know. No, that's baptism. Yeah, that made sense that I wouldn't. No, he wasn't drowning them. Oh, yeah, he brought them out, right? Yeah, well, he wasn't drowning them. Now, some of you better watch out because when I baptize you, I might hold you down a while, you know. <laughs> but, uh, no, uh, pre- present at the drownings. And, and, you know, perceptions. That's the perception of a 9, 10-year-old, you know. But how many perceptions do we hold in our acting out and living out life that are just in their own lives and to, the, to, that, to that little, that young lady, that perception was pastors drowning these people, but they don't drown, he brings them up. But there was this thought, drowning, okay? How much of our faith and how much of what our perceptions are about God, about the church, about prayer, about giving, about living for God, how much of our perceptions are still in those infantile places? A soldier. When is a soldier a soldier? Is a soldier a soldier when he signs up for the military? Or is a soldier a soldier after training, after being deployed after combat, after returning home? Is that a soldier? When is a soldier a soldier? When is a Christian a Christian? You know, of course we are a soldier when we sign on the line, but we've not, they've not, you know, you don't ship them while you signed on the line, let's put you in battle. They used to do that in First World War and Second World War and some conflicts, you know, you know, just throw them into battle. Uh, we got their name on the line. They're a soldier, but not really. We are Christians because of our dedication to Christ and how the Christ has, has come to work in our life and how he has changed us from an old way of life to a new. And so we are in this progression. You know, and, and the, the uh, term is called sanctification, which is separation, that Christ has come into our life and we are separating ourselves, the distancing ourselves from our old country, from our old way of life, and we are drawing closer to Christ. It isn't just distancing ourselves from the things that are wrong, but we are drawing closer to Christ. And as we draw closer to Christ, we want our perceptions to change. We want our perceptions about life and about our relationship with God and about the scriptures to change. You know, we can hold old perceptions. <laughs> we can hold on to those old ways. And all they do is end up tripping us up and causing us to fall flat on our face and causing us to walk away from the church and causing us to leave God and to just, you know. <laughs> I remember whenever, um, for my brothers, you know, I had three older brothers and they all wouldn't go to church because of what happened in the church when they were growing up. And 
To me, I just wasn't smart enough to know the difference, and I just kept going, you know? Uh, but it was just one of those things that there are, and, and my brother's perceptions, every one of them have, have talked about their perceptions of what happened when they were teenagers. They've all talked about it and how that that perception kept the door closed in their life to a relationship with Christ. And you see, it's our perceptions. And how do we know our perceptions are off? How does a little child know that the pastor's not trying to drown people? If no one talks and they never bring it up, well, you know, it's a drowning. What if they had never had someone else to explain to them it's a baptism? What if someone never challenged that with what the truth is? And in our lives, what is the truth that God is trying to challenge in our perceptions? What is the truth that keeps us from being 100% committed to Christ, knowing that we are dead with Christ. Our old nature, our old man, is crucified with Christ on the cross. What has to happen for us to see our death with Christ on the cross? How does our perceptions become challenged and changed? And that's what God wants us to do. We've captured an attitude that has kept us prisoner. <laughs> Our attitude has kept us prisoner. That has kept us from that close relationship with God where God has to be the one who frees us from our sin. God frees us from those problems, comments, defects, <laughs> situations that have stood in the way of our progression in our relationship with God. Remember, we are making decisions in light of eternity, not in the frozen past that never changes. You know? The frozen past that never changes. You can ask somebody, you know, I, I, you know, I, <laughs> I remember this one lady, uh, this was about 38 years ago, so it wasn't here, um, you know, I remember visiting her in her home, and she said, you know, I said, well, lady, you know, you know, you only come to church maybe once a month, once every three, four weeks, and she says, yeah, yeah, I know. I said, well, why? She says, well, Bible says you'll be, you'll be judged for what you know. And I says, yeah. She says, well, I don't want to know too much. <laughs> True story. I don't want to know too much. If I don't know too much, I can't be judged too, too heavily. So I don't want to know too much. So, I mean, it's like, you think that's really going to help? <laughs> you really think that staying away because you don't want to hear it means that you're going to be, it's like, can you imagine what she has, the, the attitude that she has captured? And you see, she's got her hand in the barrel and she's got that perception and she's not going to let it go. This is what, and, and the Romans were saying, well, you know, if God really likes to forgive sin, let's keep on sinning. <laughs> you know, they were stuck in there, and Paul's saying, no, 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 it's not that way. You died with Christ in baptism. You were baptized, and that old nature is dead, and you are risen with Christ in a new life. It's a new you. It's a new person going on on the inside. Let go 
of those things that hold you captive and captivate a new thought. Capture, take by force, as it were, the new thoughts, the new nature that Christ has given you. Don't allow something to come and steal it from you. So we are separated from sin, drawn closer to Christ. You know, it isn't how you look. It isn't how you dress. Well, you know, you've got to. You know, one of the, uh, at the youth conference there at, uh, at uh, General Council, they, the, one, uh, the one lady was speaking to, you know, there's 7,000 kids there, teenagers, and uh, not kids, they're teens. And uh, she said, uh, some of you, some of the girls, he, she was telling them, she said, if you dress a certain way, the boy who's next to you d- isn't worried about your spirituality. <laughs> he says, she says, wear something that covers stuff up, okay? And then, of course, she was talking to the boys about how they should act and consider themselves like men and how that they are to do and say and whatever. And went to that whole, it, was, it was funny. The girls laughed and the guys laughed and it was good and I didn't say it very well because you didn't laugh and you didn't respond. So, <laughs> But you got the idea, you know? You are to dress a certain way and you are to act a certain way and you are to be a certain way because you have captured an attitude. You want people, you want to capture a thought You want to capture a perspective. Verse 6 says, could it be any clearer? (laughs) You know, Paul says there to to the Romans, could it be any clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. What does it take for us to see what God has done for us? What does it take for us to grab the conclusion that I am dead because to my old way of life because God has forgiven me? That no longer has any influence over me. Now, the purpose of that is that when sin presents itself, everybody is tempted. If there's somebody here who's not tempted, you're dead. I'm sorry, it's over, you know? We'll have the burial sometime this week. But if, if you're not tempted, you're not alive. You're going to be tempted. Hello? Anybody here not tempted? <laughs> yeah, see, you're all living. So, we're all going to be tempted. That's going to come. But giving in to temptation, we can't defeat it on ourselves. You know, we can't, you know, well, I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to make up my mind. It isn't your mind. It's your spirit. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives in you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It is is the power of God that sets us free. It is the Spirit of God that gives us life. And we, we spoke about this in Sunday school, that when God created us, He created man, He breathed in him the breath of life, we became a living soul. And this living soul longs to hear the voice of God. This living soul thrives on the Spirit of God. This living soul longs to hear the Scripture. And the Scripture and the life that is in Christ isn't a mallet, you know? The beatings will continue until the attitude changes. (laughs) That's not God. 
My sheep hear my voice. The Spirit of God speaks to our spirit. And we know that this is right. Not because we took a poll in the newspaper, but because God has spoken to our hearts. And we're going to go in that direction in light of where I'm going to spend eternity. I have a direction for my life. Not how I have failed. Not how things have gone wrong. We forgive. God forgives. We let him go. (laughs) Forgive. Let it go. Let it go. Okay? Why do we have to forgive? We have to forgive until the pain goes away. How many times are we supposed to forgive? 70 times 7. We have to forgive until the pain goes away. So every time I remember my past and I remember those things that have hurt me, I keep forgiving until I don't hurt anymore and that hurt can no longer influence anything in the present. So therefore, I keep forgiving myself and others of the past. And again, you can't, we can't do this on our own. Only God can give this to you. Only God can help you forgive because we are forgiving as God has forgiven us. We're only reflecting what has already come to us. So we are reflecting the forgiveness that God has given to me. Therefore, I forgive them. You think I'm going to forgive them for what they did to me? They deserve punishment. You know, that's my attitude. (laughs) I don't want to capture that. God's attitude is, forgive them as I have forgiven you and go on. But I remember, okay, keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. Keep forgiving. (sighs) Capture an attitude. What attitude does God want us to capture? Well, look here, it's in in chapter, verse 6, it says, could any be, be, anything be clearer? Our old way of life was nailed to the cross with Christ. A decisive end to that sin-miserable life. Sin-miserable life. You know, the world paints sin as something attractive. But it, every aspect of sin becomes a torment, an addiction, or destructive. Everything aspect of, of faith brings life, forgiveness, newness of life, and a future. What we believe is this. If we get, in, if we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, if we get included in Christ's sin-conquering death, his death upon the cross conquered sin. I am relying upon that to conquer sin in my own life. We also get included In his life-saving resurrection. No longer me that liveth, but Christ who lives within me. I am his now and for forever. I am safe in God's hands. I will live today, I will live tomorrow, and I will live forever, even if this soul, this person dies. I don't die. Say amen. (laughs) Because you don't die either. This body may go away, but the spirit in us, everything that is life in us, is meant to live forever. Because God breathed into you the breath of life while you were yet in your mother's womb. He formed you. He put everything in there that needs to be there. And life situations brings it to the surface. And God's spirit and his word 
put that together to create fullness of life and create, that, create new life and to create, to create a life that we're to live that's going to be a blessing and that we are good stewards of all that God has put in the package. <laughs> you know? So, capture an attitude. The attitude of Christ. He loves me. He forgives me. He has a purpose for my life. And he has a future for me. Amen? Amen? Let's stand. So what attitude are you going to capture? Come up here. Get up here. Come on. Hurry up. Hurry up. Hurry up. We don't want people to be late. I've captured him. <laughs> I captured him. He needs one. You didn't think I'd do that, huh? No, <laughs> but our capturing, capture an attitude, capture something good, hold on to it for dear life, amen? Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for holding us close to you. Thank you, God, for your forgiveness and grace and mercy. Bless us this day and bless our walk with you. Give us hope for today and hope for tomorrow in the light of eternity. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Should I let him go? No, no, keep him. I captured him. You caught him, you keep him.